It's like you have any you have any of those premium silks that can hold up a fully grown man? Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. So this is the Creative Hotel Podcast, brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. You are not what I imagined, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who washes his hands with steel wool. It's Mark. Hey, boys. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. Uh, and this week, we watched 2012's Maniac, which was a Jake pick, and we will dive all the way into that real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute shit out of it. And hey, like the last couple of episodes, there continue to be much more important things happening across this country as people fight to overcome the systemic racial injustice plaguing our nation. Do not ignore that. It's too important. And don't put your head in the sand. Please donate if you can to a cause supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. A good list of ways to help, including places to donate, can be found at blacklivesmatters.carrd.co. But if you need a little bit of escapism, then hopefully you can have some fun in the horror world with us for at least the next little bit. So for now, it's time to do the getting drunk part. So let's score. Let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hey, Jack. What are your beers for the 2012 movie Maniac? Yeah, bit of a visual gag. I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to show it to you guys <laughs> and, and show it, I don't know, word-wise for the listener. Painable dr- word picture. <laughs> show drinking, it word-wise. I am drinking... <laughs> An unraveled IPA, which is by Founders okay. Brewing, and what this one is. So this is a movie that is really about a man's life, which arguably has been on the cusp for a long time, coming totally unraveled. But what I just showed you guys was a hop that has its top coming right off. And it sure does. It's if we get right into what this movie has, his his whole signature move is to scalp people, women yep. mostly. Uh, so that's kind of uh, what's happening to this entirely. Top here. It's kind of unfortunate for the hop, but I think it's going to be quite tasty in terms of the beer, so that's what I'm drinking. I do like Founders. Founders Fair enough. Now, Jake, uh, I I like your choice there. It's interesting that you talked about the beginning of his life unraveling there, at least in terms of how it's presented in the movie, because I went along those same lines, too. Yeah. Okay. He's a virgin at the start of this movie, and he meets up with a young woman, and you could argue that that encounter sets off his whole schizophrenia and trajectory into mass murder. And who is the woman with whom he? This is too much. What what is going on with you, Jake? Such a good thunderclap outside. I can't help. I can't. I can't. I can't even take it. It's so good. I love thunderstorms. <laughs> Are you six? Are you six years old? Hey, Dude, I it's like awesome thunder. It's pretty awesome thunder. I can't hear it over the side of my AC unit in here, but um, I'm glad we got some thunderstorms going on. Jake was like dancing around like his fucking team just won the Dude, world you, sports thing the world sports thing if you can't get happy <laughs> yeah. at thunderclaps then i don't know what to tell you man okay jake how does his life begin to get unraveled it's after his first virginal encounter with that young woman he meets on the dating site what's virginal. her name lucy what am i drinking lucille ipa by the georgetown brewing company okay. out of seattle you're, you're dedicating this off. one you're dedicating this one to the the punkest of his victims Exactly, and the first one, and the one that sets it off, and, and the second one. Not definitely not the first one. The yeah. one with a beer named after, or the one with the most delicious beer named after that. <laughs> the as one far who as I has know. a Probably beer I can find yes. named after her. Okay, yeah, cool. that one, and That's the fun. first one, the one that starts it off. Mark, what are your beers? Jesus and Christ. definitely not the first one. Definitely not the first one, but still. Yeah. 
Wait, Lucy. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. I got I got two for you. I have two. So, uh, in fact, he takes her back to meet his girlfriend. What, whatever. We'll talk about it. I, I got a local one this time around. Um, I am drinking Mama's Milk, Imperial Milk Stout. This is from Bernal Ugh. Brewing. Uh, yeah, kind Ugh. of a weirdly named beer, but it is Yuck. a pretty good milk stout. And on top of that, Frank has some mommy issues. <laughs> uh, no shit, that one dude. comes across pretty heavily throughout the course of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they, they want yeah, you to know that. I grabbed that one so that I would have a local to, to, to drink for this podcast. And then I got a second one in reserve here. I got Phantom Bride uh, by okay. Belching Beaver, which is out of California. This is one of my favorite beers, so I wanted to drink it. And it's also just a pretty solid fit for this because there is quite literally a Phantom Bride at the end of the movie. Isn't Phantom <laughs> Bride like the Deftones collab? Yes. Yes, it is. Some weird thing. Okay. Yep. Okay. The mighty, There's a mighty song Deftones. by the Deftones called The Phantom Bride. Or Phantom Bride. Fuck, check. Now you got me doing it. <laughs> I, like it. I like it. I don't know. Good work all around, boys. But drinking beers and watching the 2012 movie Maniac isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last world. Last world. Jesus. Over the course of the last week. We that's pretty also, much it. Uh, we did watch right. The you're, Lost World. Yes. You're yeah, pretty much right. Yeah, The Lost World Jurassic Park. We might have also experienced some other shit in the horror world, including paying up on some lost beers for fears polls i'll call them because that's what they are so let's dive into what's been rocking our horror world starting with lost beers for fuse shit help my brain <laughs> mm, beer. just when i think you couldn't possibly be any dumber you go and do something like this what an idiot you suck you jackass all right, I actually have one to talk about this week, and Mark, I suspect you might have to say one, because you told me to watch it for tonight for a thing we're doing later. Uh, that's coming in the future. Mark, what did you watch this week? Funny Games. Funny Games. 2007, yeah. the English version. Yeah, I watched one. the same one, the what uh, 2000s one starring uh, Naomi Watts. Yeah, Tim Roth and, and Tim Naomi Roth. Watts. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, we I'll... should say Michael Pitt and Brady Corbett. Corbett, I don't know how to say his name, because they're... Corbett. Arguably, like the the leads of the movie, arguably, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what fine. what one did we have to watch this for? Uh, it was game related. That's it was all Gerald's I game. It was Gerald's that game. You picked game. Sense. You yep. picked games ones. I remember this because I talked about it first. Yeah, all sense. three of us have now watched this. We all lost yeah. somehow, inexplicably. I'm sure it was noted pervert Larry's fault. Um, but either Mostly. way, Mark, what do you think of this little flick? You gotta be nicer to Larry. Uh, I thought this move. This is a. This is. Uh, there are. Um, uh, there say are, something. <laughs> okay. You want to read that take? Mark, so much. No, 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 no. This. I feel like this needs to be part of the take because this is a hard one to discuss. I don't. The things that this movie did were good, but also confusing and also bad unfair. sometimes. And also unfair. I'll say this: this movie is fucking relentless. It's not this fun movie's to a watch. fucking this this movie's a fucking jerk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, real dick move. Now, look. Here's what we are gonna say. If you do want to become a Patreon member and get to vote on who lost beers for fears and what movie they have to watch, you will get to listen to the Patcast, our bonus bi-weekly podcast. We're gonna discuss later on Fortnite tonight. Where we're gonna do a little mini review of this flick, Funny Games. So, so if you do want to become a Patreon member, we are giving all those proceeds to Feeding America for at least the next few months. So that's a good time to do it. Um, I don't want to spoil. It's it's hard to talk about. One very specific decision this movie made without spoiling it. Oh, yeah. Oh boy. We, we're gonna Don't definitely. Talk about it. We're gonna we're gonna dissect that <laughs> thing because that uh, came out of later. fucking nowhere. 
<laughs> I'll say, yeah, I'll say this. Um, I, in retrospect, really liked this movie. I really appreciate totally. this movie. It might be the more appropriate way to put That's this. That's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also, I mean, phenomenal acting all the way throughout. Tim Roth is one of those actors that, like, I love to see in shit, but I don't really think he gets his due all that frequently. Um, yeah. He's also so versatile, is, right? Like, because this is absolutely not, like, Reservoir Dogs Tim Roth. This is a very different Tim Roth. No, it's the exact opposite of Pulp Fiction and uh, any fuck. Quentin Tarantino version. He was also in Reservoir Dogs. He was Mr. Orange in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. This is closer to Reservoir Dogs, Tim Roth, than Pulp Fiction. Uh, yes, okay, good. It's Yeah, okay, yeah. No, I was wrong. Yeah, yeah I was thinking of Pulp Fiction. Uh, but in any case, yeah, you kind of, you guys have already kind of said it. This is a relentless jerk of a movie, but in a weird way, when I was done with it, I was like, I kind of want to keep watching this. Michael Pitt has one of the faces that's easiest to hate I've ever seen in my life. He's so detestable. He is such a... Like, I, I think they play this up specifically with how they shoot him and, like, the makeup and all that stuff. But he's such a pretty boy. But he's, like, such an asshole bully pretty boy. He's so smarmy. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. And Real I mean, Eddie Haskell-y. I the, yeah. the energy between Michael Pitt and Brady Corbett, the two antagonists of the movie, I think is what makes this. I, I kind of really want to go. So you can't find the German version of Happy Games, the 1997 one, that I could find anywhere. And now I really just want to go back and see that and see if it's like literally the exact same movie or I heard it, like what I heard it was pretty tweet. much shot for shot. Okay. Well, then maybe I won't go back. I don't I don't know if it's I don't know if it's true and when I he, honestly though Mark when I hear shot for shot claimed with stuff like this it's pretty rare but when I hear something like that it makes me more interested cuz I'm like really. And usually the answer is right? yes. And then like, that, the only other example and the only other example I can think of this happening where the same director directs a foreign version of the film and then gets hired on to do the American remake is the, uh, the, the Juwan and the Grudge, right? And those are oh. not shot-for-shot remakes of one another. No. No, yeah. they're not. Yeah. They're, they're not. I, in fact, I there is an entire story. <laughs> I was going to say there's an entire story that they didn't do for the American version. Uh, whatever. Go back and listen to our episodes of The Grudge and Juwan, <laughs> I suppose, to hear that difference. But Link won't be in the description below. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. No. Put, no. <laughs> to, to put a button on it, Funny Games, the 2007 version, you can find it pretty easily. I recommend it if you're in the mood for one of those like very intense watching experiences. I agree. It is almost okay. two hours long, too. I'll say that. But it's very good. Very well made. Yeah, it's an hour, hour 50. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I've got to pay up for, so should we transition into regular rocking horror worlds? Yes, sir. Sounds good. Scatman's World. All right, Jake, why don't we start with you this week? What you got in regular rocking really horror to? worlds? What you been doing? Do, I do. Do, do, you, do you really want to? I've got a banger to talk about, I'll tell you that much. I've got a fucking yeah. I'm, happy, I'm happy you do, because I've watched one thing in the horror world this week, and it's called The World. <laughs> I've watched a lot of news this week. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I don't, Fucking I don't know sucks. what to say. That's what I've honestly. That's what I devoted my time to this week. I did not watch horror movies. I was trying to just kind of like take in as much information as I could. None of it was good. It is very much within the horror world. But we've kind of addressed that at the top. This is supposed to be escapism. So get me to a banger, Jack. Sounds good. All right, I've got two to talk about here. One, Jake, you talked about a couple of weeks ago, Blood Quantum. Um, oh yeah, this I is... love that fucking movie. Yeah, this is a movie available on Shudder. Uh, I think it's exclusively available Shutter? on Shudder. It's a zombie our, flick. Is that our sponsor, Shudder? 
I wish. Uh, no, we are abs- <laughs> FCC. We are absolutely not sponsored by Shutter, but we'd like to be. So <laughs> there's that. If you have Just to disclose words, sponsorships you'd like, I should talk more about that. Uh, no, yeah, this is a, a zombie movie set in a Micmac reservation. I think it's a Canadian flick entirely. Really, really cool yep. story. It's definitely got a lot to say about colonialism and like oppression of Native people, which is prescient um it i will say though i wasn't expecting the zombie tropes the the writing is so good in that kind of allegorical sense that i wasn't expecting to be it as bad as it was in the zombie tropes department uh what do you mean bad like as 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 many as much as heavy-handed what do you mean by bad as indulgent in without commenting on uh-huh. Like, okay. th- there's always the scene where somebody lies about being bitten, right? <laughs> somebody that's taken into camp. And here it's like totally. the characters have demonstrated that they're absolutely smart enough. And I'm, I don't think I'm spoiling anything to not go along with it. But it's like it's a zombie movie. So the person lies and they foreshadow the bite. And then and that's exactly how the movie kind of plays out. So I, I was I was for a movie that was well written as this. I was surprised that it indulges in those tropes without commenting on them. But it's a supremely well-made movie. It's got something to say. And it's uh. It's, it's yeah, I think it was more shot. I agree. I think it was more focused on what it had to say on the other side. So, which is much more important. It was kind of much, like here's some zombie important. shit, but then like I we have some stuff to say that's not really related to zombies at all. But they placed it in that world. Yeah, and also, I mean, they hired a tremendous amount of native actors to play native people to play uh, native actors to play the native. Well, people it's made in by it, yeah, and it's made by uh, it's made by a Micmac. I believe he's also Micmac. Uh, director so this is all very much i believe that's correct which is all really cool and doesn't always happen with native peoples looking at you the show longmire who hired lou diamond phillips as his native american best friend sure sure um yeah Yeah, this is (laughs) mostly a first nations made movie like i don't know how much is actually not in terms of hands that were involved in this so that's a nice thing Yeah, really cool. Uh, The other one that I watched this week, my lovely wife and I sat down to watch this last night. Uh, This is one that came out in 2020. Uh, It's available to rent for $5.99 on Amazon Prime. I watched The Invisible Man (laughs) with Elizabeth Oh, nice. How long did this end up being? Two hours? Two and a half? Seven? A little under two and a half. It's not that long. It's not that long. Remember Um, when you guys were planning to go see that in the movie theaters together? Oh, God, oh, how man. long ago was that? What <laughs> world was that? Oh, my God. Jesus. A different world. Um, guys, this movie fucking rules. <laughs> how long did you say it was? I it's, it's under two hours, well under two hours. I don't know oh. the exact time code, but I'd be surprised if it was much over 90 minutes. It's great. Uh, okay. If only there it's was a really type of database movie. that I could look at. There isn't, Mark. There's no, there's no internet. <laughs> there's no way to know. There's No, no gods know. or kings, only men. Um, either way, we sat down to watch this. I, I will say one thing about it. I will say if um, abusive relationship stuff is triggering to you, as it is to my wife, it turns out this is a real distressing movie to watch. Um, mm-hmm. This hits all those like abusive relationship stuff real, real hard and poignantly and well so that that can be like really triggering uh on that part but for a person like me for whom that stuff isn't particularly triggering even though it is upsetting this is just a fucking terrifying well-made movie um elizabeth moss is unsurprisingly amazing in it right the the general i mean we we know the trailer right the general can see that this movie is she's with a super rich abusive asshole fiance guy and then he supposedly dies and leaves her a fortune that you can only claim if she's sane but then he maybe maybe she's crazy maybe he starts to assault her as an invisible man um, and make her think she's going crazy 
and holy shit, this has one of the best jump scares I've seen in recent memory. Uh, it has all the scenes are genuinely tense and fucking horrifying because of the way they choose to to show you the Invisible Man in scenes. I'll, I'll spoil that. There is an actual Invisible Man in it. I don't think that's going out on too much of a limb. Um, but holy diver, boys, this is a scary fucking movie. Plus, this is a remake of like a classic, like a, an old classic, right? But they take it in a different direction, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about, which is, I pro- like, sounds to me like you think that's a good decision to paint this in this oh, way, yeah. to build the story Oh yeah, this. It's a lot more humanizing. That it's the, a lot more relatable to a lot of people, triggering or upsetting, because it's probably absolutely. both. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is brutal. That part's really upsetting, even if it's not particularly triggering for you. That part's really mm-hmm. scary, though. The, the tension it builds also with, like, I know we talk about that scene from Signs a lot where you're glued to the fucking TV looking for what's about to come around. Somehow they managed to make almost every fucking scene like that without it feeling overwhelming or, like, too much. Because it's about a fucking invisible man. And they just, like, linger on stuff in the background. You're like, what am I supposed to be looking at? What the fuck's happening back there? (laughs) And, oh, my God, it's so fucking much. And there's one Uh, jump scare. That is one of my all-time favorite jump scares. Don't say anything about it. I'm going to watch it. Am I going to know which one it is? I think you will. (laughs) I think you'll have to. Um, (laughs) If I don't, don't, I'm going to give you so much shit. If I'm like, which one was it? Okay. Well, you might, but there's one scene in here that was one of my will be one of my all-time favorite jump scares. Um, the way they handled the invisibility thing was really cool. Also, uh, Michael Dorbin, all right, the the guy from Patriot, uh, does a pretty great job in this playing uh, there the you Invisible go. Man's Weekly brother. weekly so. Patriot hat tip. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's all I've got. The Invisible so, Man fucking rules. Two things on that. First off, it's uh, two hours, four minutes. Jack, you were way off. Woo! It does it not felt, feel it like short, it. Huh? It fucking flies. That's actually yeah. a better endorsement than he even, he was gushing, and that's a better endorsement. It feels, it, it's so well-paced. True. The, the second thing I wanted to say about this is this might be a more important movie than I think any of us realize at this point. If If y'all remember, this was released very shortly before all of the theaters nationwide, worldwide, were <laughs> shut down. And this started this trend of blockbuster movies that were already like too late to delay or whatever. Yeah. Having an initial release, but then getting pulled down and having to figure out how to do dis- digital distribution. Um, the, the, the Blumhouse guy was on Bill Simmons talking about... Um, I always want to call him Michael Blum. Jason Blum was on... Um, Bill Simmons podcast a while ago talking about how this and The Hunt were both affected. Both of those are Blumhouse movies um, mm-hmm. by by COVID and whatever. It sounds like these are both sort of A-B test, super interesting like litmus paper type things for whether or not this could just be the mode of release moving forward. Like whether yeah. or not theaters... Uh, Trolls 2 is also kind of in that same bucket, although Unless that's you're obviously major. not in the genre. Yeah. Well, but Trolls Two is like happen. a major animation movie, and it made a shitload of money being released to direct to digital. So I don't know. This this could be one of those ones that people look yeah. back on in a few years and just like, yeah, this was one of the ones that paved the way for a completely new modality of releasing movies to the public. But, I mean, there's also a distinct possibility that like the go to a theater model of seeing films, which was on its way out anyway just Already will not dying, recover yeah. from this and may never I, I don't think it's not gonna regardless. to be clear I don't see any world in which it's going to go out but I think that the scale the number of screens etc might be permanently changed 
this is a conversation much, for a different topic, or this is a topic well, for a different conversation. And but but what I thought was interesting about it was they had a direct A B test of like so Invisible Man was in the theaters for two weeks and then they pulled it and then they gave it this is like sort of premium digital release and how much money they made off of that versus the Hunt which was supposed to come out on like March 14th or something like that that yeah. never really got an actual theatrical debut and just went straight to digital and they can basically directly compare like how much money they made off of both of those and be like, well, this is how we're going to do it from now on. Maybe maybe movies are only in the can theaters they, though? for a week. I, I don't know. There are, there are still a lot of variables you'd have to account for there. They're I'll tell you what, I keep, getting, I keep getting ads popping up saying, would you pay $25 to watch The King of Staten Island at your home? And I'm like, there isn't a fuck no button. I don't know how to respond to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need something lower than your no option. <laughs> You're like I'll. You can pay me fifty dollars, and I'll just take some sleeping pills beforehand. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. What you got in the rocking horror worlds department? Okay, first and foremost, Jason goes to hell. Colon the final Friday. Here oh we go. Notably, not God. even close to the final Friday. <laughs> uh, I mean, it actually is pretty close to the final Friday. It was the final Friday for a really long time until Jason X came out. And then Mark, after Jason a... X, you just have the Freddy versus Jason movies. And, and the, the new Friday the 13th. Yeah, so it's... So within, Friday the, original, was the, final within the original canon, and I don't think the Freddy versus Jason movies really count all that much. They're very clearly just sort of yeah, supposed to be spin-off. campy non-canon, although minor spoilers, I guess, for the end of this movie. They do kind of directly <laughs> call out Freddy Krueger. So maybe those are canon. I don't fucking know. But, uh, They're still spinoffs. So, yeah. The final Friday, except for those other three and the remake. <laughs> except for four other movies. <laughs> except for a third of the movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's nine out of 12. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I rented this on Amazon. Interestingly, this is not included in that package that is uh, not, I shouldn't say package. All of the first eight are free on Amazon and they all have that same close to the same cover art, meaning to me, at least implying to me that that's the same distribution company for whatever reason, Jason goes to hell is not part of that. And also interestingly, you do have to search for this as Jason goes to hell. If you type in Friday the 13th, this does not come up on the list because the only word in there is Friday and it's the very last one. Like the <laughs> algorithm does not work. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, this is the most B movie of all of the ones I think I've watched so far. It embraces it. It leans into it and just fucking goes with it. This is a, I'll get this out of the way. This is a shitty movie. This movie is bad <laughs> but <laughs> it's also awesome <laughs> i i have a very tumultuous relationship with movies that are intentionally bad intentionally intentionally be or whatever and i haven't really been able to wrap my mind around what makes a good one and what makes a bad one but for whatever reason it's probably just my own fanboyism of the franchise this is one of the good ones um it's fucking weird dude this is there's I, I don't know. I, I pro- People probably don't care too much if I spoil this one. It's like you're not watching this for the plot anyway. This barely has Jason in it. It's a shapeshifter. There's, at one point, there's like this alien lizard thing squirreling around. There's literally like, I mean, you can tell from the name of the movie, there's like literally demons grasping from the ground from hell at one point. And then there's a surprise twist ending thing that comes out of nowhere. 
this is this movie's bonkers and what a fucking <laughs> strange way to end the original story run of the franchise. Jason X actually isn't even really following what happens at the end of this movie because they in Jason X they pull him out of uh like cryogenic canister or whatever that supposedly they mm-hmm. alternate history yeah. throws him in. So that's not I mean that's not where this one ends. So they're changing the canon for that too. So if you consider Lovely. this I, I think there are ways to consider this the actual final Friday. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Good work, Mark. I can pr- I appreciate I the I only have one comment and I appreciate the commitment is that comment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am probably going to take the dive on Jason X and then I'll call it after that. Jason X is one of my favorite movies. So I'm actually, that's sort of like the, the yeah, I was going to say the like the only one you were looking forward to watching. No, hold, hold on. I was looking forward to watching all of them, <laughs> uh, but that one is a known quantity that I've seen multiple times already. And I know what I'm getting into. Uh, so stay tuned, I guess on a future week's episode, I'll probably pop that one on here soon. Yeah. Um, my wife has said that I'm not allowed to watch it without her, though, so we're going to have to time it when she's home from work and I'm home from work and we can watch a movie together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lastly, um, I got a pretty good one. This was my number one, and Jack, I think your bottom one from January's oh, HRR. shit. <laughs> I watched Color Out of Space. Oh, oh fucking. This might have been the yeah. Hey, Mark, how did you watch this one? Uh, this one I got in a Blu-ray in the mail. Oh, okay. Which I actually think was kind of important. So first and foremost, what? this movie is very... Well, that's that's what I'm going to say. This movie is very visually stunning, Jake. Uh-huh. Like, if you can watch this in as high a fidelity as possible to get that color temperature, that HDR shit, uh, you should, because it's pretty good looking. That's You're also... I feel like you're about to say that's all it has going for it. Uh, it's not all that it has going for it, but it is the most universally easy to praise. Um, Nick Cage is doing Nick Cage things in this movie in a way yep. that, like, I found refreshing. I, I am, I, I love what? Nick Cage. What? I'm a student of the man. He's great. I, it, I find him captivating <laughs> okay. and weird. Um, but oh, shit, like, how can you say what anything Nick Cage related is refreshing though? I don't get it. Yeah, if he's doing well, Nick because Cage his things, last, his it, last I... few, his last few have been not as fun to watch uh mandy like a lot dad. of people like mandy and maybe i need to give that one another another whack but that one was just slow it didn't really have his energy in it it had a cool like visual design to it but it's not what i was expecting from a nick cage movie and then the one before that where whatever the fuck it was called where the the all parents become zombies mom and, and, da- and, kill mom their and kids. dad yeah mom and dad yeah that one was like just fine it had it had some manic nick cage freak out shit in there but it wasn't like on the level that i was kind <laughs> of expecting this is like <laughs> nick cage is one of the main characters and they're doing shit also okay. on top of that you get some pretty solid body horror i think i'm not cool. the expert on body horror but so it's doing, i would it's say do- that this is body horror it is living up to its lovecraftian roots i'm hearing you say a little bit it's at least yes. It's at least striving for them. Uh, I mean, I am not the Lovecraft guy on the on the podcast, Jack. You'd need to watch this and weigh in, but something tells me you probably won't. Um, it does a good job. I mean, it has the 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 monstrosity of this movie. I thought was fairly well realized. I will stop cool. there to say uh, substantial seizure warning for like a substantial chunk of this movie. Okay. There are so many strobing lights. I've, I'll tell I've you, heard I'll, good things about this. I've heard good things yeah. about it. And so when you I'll say you body horror, Mark, oh, 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 Jack. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm kind of in. I don't feel the way when you described after you watched Mandy, I don't think I will ever watch Mandy uh, and, and will never give that a, any shot. This one, though, is different. I don't feel the same way about it. 
Yeah, this was that's kind of what I was saying. Is it's it, the other one, the other Nick Cage movies that I've watched recently, just sort of uh what the other fucking one, Pay the Ghost, that was another one from like two oh, or god. Years ago. God. Oh god. They just they kind of just struck me as joyless in a way that I wasn't anticipating from like the the mania that he typically brings. This one did not have that same judge. This was like it certainly isn't like a happy fun times romp through the bushes, but it has that that kind of fun edge to it <laughs> that made me enjoy it in a way that I was happy to get back to that level of, of Nick Cage performance. He's on a very neon pink purple trend with this last I mean, two. I'm not going to lie. Two. The two movies, it, yes. That's it's a trend, almost like, that's a tr- It's almost like the people who are casting have realized if you don't have beautiful visuals, you, you cast Nick Cage, it's going to be a horse <laughs> huh. shit film. I wonder <laughs> it's how funny that, about yeah, that. Yeah. That's interesting. That's we interesting. really, yeah, okay. Anyways, that was that was Color Out of Space. You can find it basically anywhere at this point. I uh, think it's on. Can you really? I thought it was like a Shutter exclusive. I thought you could rent this on almost any media. I mean, I maybe, whatever. Maybe, I got it in I mean, DVD in the mail, so Blu-ray. Yeah, in the whatever. Mail so it's not a Shutter exclusive it, then. It, that, it, yeah, that already proves the point wrong. So you can probably get it. Yeah, anywhere. you can you can rent it on Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, and Vudu. That is anywhere. Uh, I'll tell you what, Mark, this is at the top of my list of if I get blackout drunk and my wife's already asleep or out of town, I'm turning this one on. Okay, that'd be a fun experience. Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't somehow I don't believe uh, you. If, well, if the there's thing, one little drunk- cherry, okay. if, there's, if there's one little cherry I can put on top, this was also produced by Elijah Wood. So think about that. Okay. Okay. Jake, the only thing I'll say about that, it is at the top of that list, but blackout drunk Jack doesn't really remember the order of that list very well. So. Hmm. I have nothing to say to that, sir. It's not an an ordinal list. It's just a loose conglomerate. It's like a word cloud of movies. Frankly, blackout drunk Jack can barely get past Jeremiah Johnson or the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So I was just going to say it's going to be the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Blackout drunk Jack just is going to watch Ballad of Buster Scruggs for the. I watch a lot of Jeremiah Johnson too, Mark. (laughs) Jack, I am shot. Like Ballad of Buster Scruggs is such a bad drunk movie, dude. I can't fucking describe to you. What is wrong with your brain, dude? Like watching a lot of things. I've watched that movie one and one half times. I watched it once, then I watched it again a half time while I was drunk. (laughs) Yeah, it'll take you. That's how bad a drunk movie that is. It didn't take the second time. (laughs) I couldn't do it. I like it. All right, boys, should we head on over to the feature presentation? Oh boy. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2012's Maniac. Now, Jake, you picked this movie. Yeah, um, And beyond it starring Elijah Wood and you being in love with Elijah Wood, do you have any other That's- reasons? <laughs> uh, there were okay. Yes, I do actually. <laughs> that was All... a supreme sequence of events that just happened. <laughs> almost, almost no, but yes. Okay. Uh, okay. So this was a movie that was originally made in like 1980 or something. This was correct. Like one of the video nasties. Tom Savini was in the original. This is a movie that was like universally spat on for its sleaziness and then along comes this creation with elijah wood in it i had just i I wanted to see the elijah wood version i can't i'm not gonna lie whatever now before we move on the fact that this is a remake of the 1980 version it's also wholly unrelated to the 1934 silent movie maniac right it has nothing to do with that one 
The 80 version wasn't a remake of. of that one. No, this, as is, far as I can this tell. is a love letter and remake to the 1980 video Nasty. This is nothing yeah. to do with that, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Now, I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, now, no, hold on. Out. Just to clarify, this is also fully unrelated to the song She's a Maniac from Flashdance, right? That is not <laughs> proven. It's okay. actually a video depiction of that song, Mark. They never released a music it, video for that famously, so instead they just went with this oh my film. God. Okay. <laughs> I want to I would love to see a supercut with just I'm a maniac, maniac <laughs> on the floor. I mean Elijah just, would, like snuggling up against the lady's back. The thing is Elijah would probably do it for free. Oh, he oh, sure man. would. Elijah's doing all sorts <laughs> of fun side projects for people. Man, that dude. He doesn't give all a right. fuck. No, he's uh, did I Did I tell you guys that uh, my wife went up to Park City with her mom a while ago when they were visiting? It was during Sundance, and they went to uh, High West Distillery up there, and we're just getting a cocktail. And uh, they like bumped into the party behind him. They turn around and say, oops, sorry about that. And it was Elijah Wood. No. I don't <laughs> believe you did tell us this, Mark. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Elijah Wood. And he was probably Holy like, let me buy you shit. a bottle of whiskey. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think he, I mean, I, I do remember her saying that he was very nice about it. Uh, and then they spent a substantial amount of time trying to remember what his name was. Uh, and then they oh, remembered no. it later and they told me about it. <laughs> Frodo. That's pretty solid. No. That's pretty okay. solid. Now, Jake, you hadn't seen this before. It sounds like. No, no, I hadn't. I just, yeah, that was part of the reason why I picked it. Cause I wanted to watch an Elijah Wood movie and this felt like a good place to go. Going to go out on a limb and say you hadn't seen the original. No, I just know about it. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat as you. Haven't yeah. seen it. I'm aware of both films. Had not seen either one. Mark, how about you? Yep. Yeah, same boat here. We got a we got a sweep on the unseen aspect. I like that. I like that very much. I like that yeah. very much. Um, now we should. Uh, fuck it. I just want to start talking about this thing. Jake, you picked this movie. You know what that means. You have to give us a thirty second plot synopsis. Thirty seconds around the goddamn clock. It's gonna start when you start, buddy. So Elijah Wood is a complete maniac who apparently has schizophrenia, and it, they seem to imply that his issues stem from watching his prostitute mother have sex with a bunch of Johns. So now, fast forward to the real-time world. He restores mannequins, and he is also a serial killer. He scalps his victims and puts them on his mannequins, but this dude's just looking for love. He seems to find it when he meets this woman named Anna, but it leads to confrontation. They eventually both like die and that's pretty much the end of the time time they eventually both die <laughs> i like yeah. the i like the third person narration it's not like you're admit you know when you're not admitting to something like mistakes were made uh, there were not, many mistakes no, made no his one's whole fault. life is kind of a series a lot of, of mistakes a lot of, a lot of things are alleged the facts of the case are that yes both of them now are deceased that's and true. And that's all we know. That's all they we know all for sure. They, 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 had some, they had some issues, and then they both sort of just went out in a ball of fury at the end. <laughs> you know? Jesus Christ. A ball, ball of fury. Of fury. Jack, is there, is there any chance Frank in any of his uh, in any of his iterations appears on a future A to Z horror legal corner? I'm pretty sure this is universally definitely guilty. Zero excuses. He can't get out of this one. Yeah, no, not not that I can think of now. But let me get a little more drunk and creative. Uh, no, all of his all of his personalities seem to be exceedingly guilty and murderous. You just haven't met all of them yet, Jack. <laughs> I mean, there appear to be two, right? Yeah, <laughs> one of them only one of them only comes like out under certain circumstances. Okay, he a only comes out at night. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> certain circumstances seems to be all the time. 
like 98% <laughs> yeah. of the time, certain circumstances. circumstances are during the day and also at night and when he's calm and also when he's stressed out. Yeah. yeah. When he's exactly. happy, when he's sad, <laughs> when he's eating green eggs and ham. Yeah. <laughs> on a plane, on a train, in a tunnel. Uh, Near now, Jake, you said the problems stem from his mother being a prostitute. Well, uh, they, they seem to they seem to tie his his troubles with watching his prostitute mother have sex with a bunch of guys. Yeah, they but, really okay, lay that okay. on pretty heavily. This isn't the right. You know what? This isn't the right place for me to bring this up. This is not. We're not talking whole about other that segment. Yet. We got to dive into what in the fuck subgenres of horror this movie fits into, except serial killer, because I'm taking that one. Is that yeah, a- serial killer and slasher? It's a slasher. Slasher, sort of a slasher. A slasher. It is a slasher, dude. I feel like serial killer is can either be a it can either be a slasher or it can be like a mystery thriller police detective yeah. type seven type. This is a slasher, and this is definitely way more on the slasher side than the yeah. police. But also, this type. movie isn't very much of a slasher. Like, this isn't a group of kids going somewhere to get slashed. Like, usually, the slasher isn't the protagonist of slasher films. This it is, does so a, turn it. It does turn it on its head. But I would. I agree with you, Jack. However, I do think that it's still a slasher. It's like a slant slasher. I'll buy that. Uh, I mean, you say that, but then there is also that movie uh, that I think you can also see on Shutter. 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 Um, it. I am. I might be the killer. Is that what it's called? Something like that. That is also kind of in the same vein of trying. It's. It's examining the slasher. Oh, I am not a serial. I am not a serial killer. That, no, it's not. I am not a serial killer. It's it's close to I might be the killer. I, I'll I'll Google it in the background. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll bring it back up later. There there, there is a very small sub 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 genre of movies that are trying to tell the slasher from the slasher's perspective, and this is probably one of them. <laughs> okay, it, I mean, I, I of Leslie Vernon, arguably also in there. One thing that was interesting. This is the best time to talk about this i would typically be like yeah this is an indie movie but this is ifc midnight and ifc to my knowledge is owned by amc i don't think this is an indie film i was just surprised that this wasn't a specter vision movie with all that elijah does i was too however at the time this was made i don't think that ownership structure existed i think ifc midnight was more independent Maybe. Spectre Vision I also had, existed, so I was surprised that it wasn't a spe- I don't know. Whatever. It's not I, I don't didn't think actually it's look at who I don't think I don't I didn't look at who directed this. Did Elijah direct No, he did not direct it. So who directed it? No, he this didn't. Thing? He just acted. No, Frank so Interfoon did. Yeah. So okay. that guy directed Amityville Awakening, which I think only that movie's garbage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, I, it's hard to, it's hard for me to keep track of which one uh, There's no way of knowing what any movie with the name Amityville <laughs> oh, in the title oh, is. Oh, They're oh, all oh, Amityville the Awakening was the one that was like delayed for multiple years. It has the kid who played the Joker on Gotham. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Jake will understand that good. reference. That that's something it's that not I, good. Well, Jake I, will I, I did this, look into so- I did look into Frank Calhoun's uh filmography and I've seen a distressing number of his movies. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I've I've waited on P two before. We've we've now seen uh, Maniac. I watched. Uh, he did Piranha in three D. He did he he helped with script on whatever on The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, I'm not sure he's attached to that many good projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So, Mark, you are a famous uh, defender of the remake screenplay. of The Hills Have Eyes. So watch yourself there. Yeah, screenplay for this one was Alexander Aja. And we all know him, though. That's the high tension guy. He's most recently done. What the oh. fuck was on with the Gator, Jack? 
Creep or something like that? Crawl. But he also, notably, directed uh, the, the fucking funny games. No? No. Nope. No? Nope. I'm Not just, even nope. a little. Just, Different person. Just drunk. Crawl. Yep. Crawl was Whole the name of the person. alligator movie. I, I said crawl. I said creep. I was wrong. <laughs> but also not the funny games guy. No, he was totally uninvolved with that movie. I've now I don't know I don't yeah, know what happened. Aja didn't happen. involve. If if you're gonna remember Aja for something, it's high tension. But then he yes, did creep too correct. or call uh, or whatever the fuck it was. I think he's best known for being confused with the lead actress from Crawl. I think uh, most he's, he's best known to listeners of a... our podcast for that time <laughs> that you didn't know who Alexander Aja was and thought that anyway, he yeah, Alexandra he he wrote yes. this version of he wrote this incarnation of of Maniac. So there you go. That's who was yeah. involved in this. And then Elijah was just kind of there, man. He was like, "I'll show up, whatever." You got some turnips? Sure, I'll do it. I'll be a real we'll, fucking. We'll talk mm. about we'll talk about him and casting decisions a little bit later. Okay. Look, Hope, hopefully, look, very obviously, quickly. there's no more subgenres. There's no more subgenres. So we're gonna jump right into what the fuck this movie does right. Yeah, and I'll start off here uh, because this is one that I didn't know if this was technically a subgenre. So it's good enough for as a way to transition. Does like first person movies count as a subgenre? It might be in there somewhere. No, so I was gonna ask this and the Fourth of July like one and uh, or like sub subgenre list. I can think uh, of like two. <laughs> there's there's some notable element. I mean, doesn't uh, isn't Black Christmas have doesn't Black Christmas have some first person stuff in it's, there? It's I don't know. Start, I it starts with it. it. So I mean, that's the thing is like it starts with it, but it's not like it's not a movie set in first person. Like which not this like, is not and like this you uses, are not alone. This uses like the that's the Fourth of July one, right? You are not alone. Yes. Yeah. yeah, You Are Not Alone is is the, I don't know, that's the closest thing that I can think of, but it's from the flip side, like you are the person being stalked as opposed to the killer. And so I think yeah. those right. two and are actually really interesting put up next to each other. Um, there's but another movie that remind reminds me more of, but we'll talk about that in a second. Into the <laughs> Void? Is it Into the Void? It's it's really not. It's not. <laughs> it definitely, definitely <laughs> isn't. This movie, though, is really interesting because it it... Totally lost my train of thought. I don't know what the fuck I was going to say. Somebody help. Somebody say something. I, I'm fucking losing my mind. I got to say, so I, real quick, I haven't read up on this. Is the 1981 also shot in first-person perspective? It's not first-person. Because a few of the person. things I read seemingly implied that it was not. Yeah, it's not first-person, to my knowledge. So no, that's... I, haven't seen the, I haven't seen the movie, but I did go back and watch like a couple clips and trailers, and I know there are a few sequences in here where it breaks first-person for impact, but... Yeah, well, yeah, so I, I did note a few of those a little bit later, but yeah. that is, I mean, to remake a movie, I mean, you could basically do this to any of the weird, like, kind of exploitative 1980s slashers or whatever. They they This is a distinct and interesting choice on their part that sets this apart from any other remake. They changed the perspective of the movie so fundamentally that you now become trapped inside the head of a serial killer. Yes. And that makes this such a better flavor of movie than just a regular creepy dude who works in a mannequin shop killing people. Like For that, sure. I went in essentially completely blind for this, and I thought it was just going to be the opening scene or whatever, which is, oh it, it isn't even... It isn't but even it shot you. in a way where it's obvious that it's first person initially, right? You're just watching two you. women on a street corner. And then 
I don't know, two minutes into that scene, it zooms back a little bit and you can see like the rear view mirror and all and you're in a car and he starts talking to himself and then you're like, oh, this is a first person perspective. And that's where it goes from being like watching two women on a street corner to being like, oh, I'm inside someone stalking. So someone. that's where it gets like, it I have goes a, I have a 60 so creepy. I have a so big fast. comment on that. I, so here's the interesting thing too, is like, I kind of thought, Knowing what I did know about this movie was there was an element of this in it, but I kind of thought and was expecting all the way through the cold open, the initial stalking sequence, through the payoff of the knife through the woman's like chin, right That's in in the apartment. I thought that whole cold open to where it was maniac in big block red letters in first person. I thought that was like a choice and then it was going to proceed with movie, but it continued to be in first person. And I was not aware that it would be that that might've been stupid on my part to assume that it might change that deep into the movie. Cause that cold open was relatively long, but I was a bit surprised that it had committed to it even afterwards. And I totally agree with you, Mark. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a choice. And I will talk about this a little later. It's a choice to do that for the in length of the movie. But that's a hell of a way to put you in a certain mood and a mindset, really, for what you're about to experience. Yeah, it it makes it impossible to it, it. It's it's a strange way to to watch a movie through the eyes of the what is essentially the antagonist, right? I mean, correct. Protagonist he, he just is, is basically just the lead character, but he's obviously the bad guy. He's the both. Movie. He's the protagonist and the antagonist. Yes, and. Make it, forcing you to see things literally through his eyes is a weird way of keeping you from fully divorcing yourself from this guy that is otherwise completely unidentifiable and you would just hate him the entire time if you were watching this in a third person. Absolutely. And the other thing that I think works super well about that first person perspective, uh, Jake, you mentioned it earlier, but there's a couple of scenes where they do just kind of inexplicably, seemingly go outside of that and show you a fully framed like Elijah Wood center frame shot. And for the movie to be all in first person from behind his eyes, when it takes you out and shows the fully framed Elijah Wood, that made me feel like it made me like take it like oh fuck it made me feel so weird and uncomfortable and amazing and they do it so sparingly so and precisely that i loved the, that it was the always biggest, for go ahead mark the biggest one that i remember just to put some context around it is the third kill of the movie there's this ribbon dancer air gymnast lady yeah. girl that he, that he kills yeah Ar- ariel silks yeah sure and <laughs> sure ariel silks come on mark um, and uh, after he kills her, it's a pretty intense scene. And then that's where it breaks, rotates, and zooms. Like, there's kind of some interesting editing that they do that just comes around. And you just, you know, like you're saying, you see this just zoomed out shot of Elijah Wood in, in front of his victim or whatever. Yep. And that's, I think, one of the most, like, poignant shots of the film. It's so well, affecting. It, oh, my God. It is, and it's also, it's in, it's intentional because what they're doing in that same shot is they are recreating the poster of the original movie, which is kind of an iconic poster of, like, the jeans and the knife and holding the scalp. They create that as they're, like, he's looking at the car, basically. They show in the reflection a recreation of the poster of the original film. That is what it is, but that was impactful. I think the other times were honestly more impactful for me, but they were the same point that Jack made, where they do a lot of technical things that are are quite interesting. Like, the only times you see him other than that are through mirrors. I mean, that's relatively typical. Yeah, we'll talk about the mirrors when we get to These (laughs) first-person movies, but... I I personally liked the way 
I don't know. I, I personally liked a lot of it, like his mirror in whatever the back room of his mannequin shop where he lives because he like punched it initially in the movie and the way he's looking at it or through it for the rest of the film it creates this weird distortion where you see like a bunch of versions of like his eye, his whole face is distorted. And that kind of like, that's a not so subtle, like nod to how insane this guy is. Basically he's fragmentation basically. And technique is a very, very big part of this movie, right? This is something you won't really glean by watching the film, but actually like reading about it and how they had to do it and listening to interviews with Elijah Wood where he talks about like how it actually had to be done where he said like they first tried to do it where when he's not on screen he didn't have to be on set but those didn't work so he was there every yeah. day actually behind the camera doing it he ended up having camera- to be more involved than any other movie he had been in yeah and, but the, yeah. and the camera rig was so big that he couldn't have both hands in frame because he couldn't reach around it. So there were shots where, like, when he's passing something from his left hand to his right hand, it is his left hand, but there's a stunt double right hand he's passing it off to trying to make it look like See, yeah. one set of See, hands. This is all cool and all, but now I'm just picturing those games you play when you're in, like, high school where one person puts their hands on their hips and yeah. another person puts their Has arms the through your arms, and they're, yeah. like, make they make stuff. You, like, try and bake a cake or some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, but, Except and instead so, of like, baking a cake, you, like, scalp someone. It isn't something you really exactly. notice. I mean, I do <laughs> think you notice how, like... I, I do think it would have been different if, because they said it, he said it wouldn't have worked, like if he wasn't on screen and just doing ADR after the fact. So I do think you would notice that difference, but you wouldn't notice that it's like two different hands passing. Like you wouldn't notice yeah. all the complexities there. But no, I, think I did really not notice cool. that. Today. I think right. the other the other thing that you're getting to it, from like a technical perspective, Jack, it, the, the behind the scenes making of the movie is that this movie, more than most that we watch, is so heavily heavily reliant on the post production element, like. There's a lot of TLC they had to do here. I, oh, like pretty much all of his shit is ADR from a vocal perspective. Like everything he, from an audio perspective. He was there and set it on set, but then had to go re-record. He had to go back and it. record yeah. it. And yep. we talk a lot, like a lot of time for the the seasoned listener. We are talking shit about the audio and how it comes across. And <clears throat> this sounds unique. It sounds different than a lot of movies you watch, but. It hit me just fine. Like, I think that they did a really good job here. Personally. I think it has to sound unique because you're from a unique perspective. You're living in yeah. his head. Yeah. It should sound different. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And I think that what they, but then what they did, like the whole audio element, him speaking and then everything else that you get from an ambient perspective, it worked for me. I, I think that they did a good job. I, I appreciate that you're bringing that up. I had this in Does Middle because I did think it was going to be a little bit divisive. There are a few scenes with the dialogue that hit me the wrong way. I mean, it's 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 fine, unbalanced. Mostly, I'm not going to remember this movie for having weird sound, like weird audio, ADR type stuff. But mm-hmm. every once in a while, when he's talking to what's the what's the main lady's name, Anna? Anna. Uh, yeah. When he's talking to Anna, a few of the scenes between them in the park, or just kind of walking around, or talking in the mannequin shop, or whatever, just the way that their dialogue sounds sounds exactly like it's on a soundstage. And that that's the part that's like, I, I get that you're trying to do something interesting and weird because you're inside this dude's head, but it's not, to me, it's not coming off that way. It's coming off that you're just like throwing in an audio track on top of a, on top of a video. And not even a soundstage, right? Like actually a sound studio. Not yeah, like they built studio. a set yeah. and he's yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you. Just yes, want to clarify. That is what I meant. Yeah. Um, but I mean, man, I, I do want to talk about Elijah Wood in this movie because he is 
he is I, I don't know that you could have a better actor for this performance than Elijah Wood. He's so he he is vulnerable, but fucking weird and creepy, but also you don't hate that you're following him the whole time. It is a weird amalgamation of stuff that he makes you feel. It this is another one that I distinctly had in Does Middle because I agree with you. He brings this he his Elijah Wood's energy is Elijah Wood has such like he he's such, he has such a weird specific energy to the point where he is one of the most unique people in Hollywood. I would say as far as what he brings to the characters he portrays, and in that way, he is perfect for this role because this is a very strange and obviously disturbed human being. But this is this is a nitpick I have with a lot of Elijah Wood movies. Um, he's a small dude. I mean. He's not physically intimidating at all, which I do think is important for the, the character in this movie. Here. But also, one of the things that I had written down in what the movie does wrong is that no, he's, is, he is essentially a super. He's a superhero for most. Of, he's abnormally quiet. He's basically fucking Kevin from Sin City, and he can overpower anyone and put a meat cleaver halfway through somebody's head. Like, I don't really buy that the person whose body we're seeing has the physical prowess to do the things we're seeing that body do. But as far as that's more of really more of a casting and writing thing, I I would still say that Elijah Wood overall, like is the emotional and intellectual equivalent to what this character should be. So you're shaming, you're shaming him for being small. I I also, I, I don't know. I didn't, didn't seem to me like there's, he's never strength. Based in this, the the cleaver scene is dude. The, the first scene in this movie, he puts a knife through the underside of a person's skull. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. You, it, you, I, he, that is a mark superhuman feet. Movies there, do I, not understand how thick skulls are. <laughs> That's well, dude. Thing. I mean, just in general, it also wouldn't okay, kill you. That in fast. general, despite the fact that we have a perfect regimented structure for this podcast, in general, there are some things that I think you could put later in the show where we talk about, I don't know, him throwing people through full-on doors, like picking them up and throwing them through a exactly. fucking door. I forgot about that. They I forgot about that part. They don't quite add up. But I think that other than that, which at that point it's just pure entertainment, and this is supposed to be like a recreation of the beest of B bomb movies, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief, and I actually like the creepiness that his character adds with that kind of meek portrayal. I think it works great. I get the cognitive dissonance there, Mark. I get it, but I think that on balance, it works pretty well. I like the one that that's, what, that's, I like that's the what I'm that he, he is, portrays. He is the ex- he is the exact right casting for the personality of this person, but sure. not technically the 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 physical aspects of sure. The so the physical aspects a- might come up again later, is what we're saying, and they will. Yes. That might be okay. a writing I mean, issue yeah. also because the one that exemplifies his character best to me is the one where he's chasing her through a garage or through the parking lot, right? And then he hides behind the car and then he crawls under the car and slits her Achilles tendon. Like that is the best exemplification oh, of his character to me. And you don't have you have to be a tiny dude to do that. Like, yeah, that's a good point. That's the one we were talking about. That's the same scene where it uh, it zooms out to be the poster or whatever. That's yeah. the ribbon dancer. The aerial oh. silks dancer. Excuse hey, me. Thank hey, you. Mark. Thank you. The distinction is apparently important because I had a college girlfriend that made me take two aerial silks classes, and when I called it rope dancing, nobody in the class liked either the time see, I did that. See what I'm saying, man? See? <laughs> they continuously disliked it, even though I kept making that funny joke. See, the thing is, here's the reason. Uh, the gym that I go to is a rock climbing gym, and they also do aerial silks, and so I've had it beaten into my skull. That's what it's called. 
I mean, look, respect for those people. That is like an it's incredible crazy, physical dude. They're acrobatic. So hard. I was in such good shape when I took those two classes, and I couldn't do it at all. I just kept falling and hitting my head very hard on the ground. Yeah, I'm that constantly impressed when I watch people doing like the rudimentary entry level shit. I'm like, fuck, I'm out of shape. I'm so anyway. happy to know that Jack is gonna have CTE from aerial silks. Although I'll tell you what, I would like it for this version of Jack, this 60 pound heavier version of Jack, this 240 pound six four behemoth to show up in an aerial silks class. What? Just show me. Do it. Make it happen for me. Make me you, have any, you have any of those premium silks that can hold up a fully grown man? <laughs> oh my god! I want to. Okay, I want to mention something else in the good, and this is just maniac on the whole. Like conceptually, to back it up a bit, this movie is so fucking creepy and nasty, man. The yes. insanity of like, and the, the then the way they treat it, the insanity of bringing these mannequins to life in the way that they do, not literally to life, but to life in the mind of this character is incredible. And then they set everything in such a good and productive way to just fulfill this goal that is to make this as uncomfortable a viewing experience as possible. I thought it was fantastic. And they regard. fucking succeeded at making this an uncomfortable viewing experience. I, yeah. so I, I, agree that that is what this movie does right that's like part of it 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 goes for it and it succeeds i ended up putting this in the, what the movie does wrong just because i kind of wanted to talk about it at some point and what i wrote down was this movie is icky that okay. was my note okay. how, how is that wrong i have i have a movie. very okay i have a bra- very brief middle thing before we get to actual wrong because mark i fully oh, we're not we're you. not in wrong yet why oh, we're not even in middle we middle are yet. we are hard in middle i think no we're i we're i am engaging with jake on the point he was making my okay. point here is that this is what inarguably what the movie does right because it's what it's going for but also if you don't watch this in a state where you're expecting to be disturbed and like see the level of real world creep that is happening uh, this you're gonna movie have a bad time kind of really got to me in Even a way yeah, that i was not time. wanting on a wednesday night before I going to work the next morning <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's even state dependent, right? Because this movie, what I had da- down, it doesn't work for this movie. It's just I didn't like it. We watch a lot of fucked up shit on this yeah. podcast, and we're like, gonna we're gonna watch Martyrs here in like three weeks, and I can guarantee you this movie is gonna be get to me more than that one is. And there's a certain amount of like, yeah, that's fucked up, but you're still like watching a horror movie, and it's all fine. But like this movie is, ugh, you watch it, you're just like, I don't, I didn't, I don't so, like, I don't like it. Because because Jack is full on talking about stuff that it does wrong, can we go to middle? Okay. okay. Let me let me just blow through what the movie does right real quick because I have two more things that are both important. First off, choosing this is from the original, I think as well, but choosing to set it in a mannequin shop, what a creepy fucking setting. I Lo- yeah, I understand it. that it probably exists in the real world, but I hadn't really thought about it as an actual location and. The I had shades of apartment of a mannequin shop is a Mark. Great you might you might setting. appreciate this, but I had shades of Bioshock, and I I don't know yes. how I feel about that. Uh, that's very true. Yeah, definitely the the uh, what's the what's the place called Fort, in Bioshock? Fort Frolic. Yeah, that's what I remember, Jake, from when we were all watching you play through Bioshock, getting to that scene with all the fucking mannequins in high school. That shit was, that's one of the best experiences in video game history, Fort Frolic. Mannequins are are creepy as fuck. The other one that goes, that we have to bring up here, because it is part and parcel what this movie is, music by Rob. Um, So, Robin (laughs) Coop. 
uh, Robin Cooter, Coder. I again, I don't know how to say his name. Cooter, uh, huh? It's I, probably Cooter. C O U D E R T. Coder, whatever. Okay, it's better. It's better. Um, it's this like throbbing synthwave shit, like drive so type thing, all the way through the entire movie. Oh my god! Um, and it brings that. It's the exact right soundtrack for a sort of gritty street level violent slasher flick did we land on slasher whatever we landed on it we did we landed on slasher we did and i think the whole style of the movie is in a weird way represented well by how they credit the actual guy who did the soundtrack soundtrack which is just music by rob that's the only thing that appears on screen by rob it's a really good touch it's a really (laughs) good touch it's very subtle but it's really good and it's happening like during that cold open where they're like showing the just I don't know B roll of like rant like fucking just L A streets. Yeah, the choice to bring this from L A to L A from New York City in the original was also I think really good. So good. Was laid out. There's this movie can't exist in New York. This it's too condensed, too many people well, everywhere. Wrong. Elijah Wood can't do this shit in New York. It yeah. has to be in L A. In fairness, yeah. I don't think he can do this shit in L A. either. No, for sure not. We're, we're <laughs> talking about. That. I mean, I don't think either of these are good examples of places where this can actually but occur. But anyways, we're getting away not from it. New York. I don't think we can give this movie a full take of what this movie does right without mentioning the fact that the soundtrack is. This a like banger. blasting synthwave, awesome. Fully agree. So fully, good. fully agree. Yeah, I actually the had the mannequin shop. It does middle for me. Okay, we're going to middle. I yes, because I could not reconcile how important it is for the movie that his mom was as I'm going to say like as much of a prostitute. As she was. And what I mean by that is, like, she's, like, <laughs> as she's prominent? like, on the scale of zero to extremely prostitute. Because, like, it's, it's, but also, it's necessary that it's a family business, a family mannequin shop. And I cannot reconcile this world where we have a family-run tradecraft mannequin rebuilding shop, but also the mom is doing eight balls in the back room with whatever Johns came in that day. It doesn't, I, I couldn't, it's, I spent most of the movie thinking about it. I could not figure it out. It's fucking wild. And it's, it's like, a front, so, man. <laughs> it's a front. I, it's so, so I, achy. I loved, I loved the idea to set it in a mannequin shop, but the fact that like it's crucial to the story that both his mom is like a streetwalker prostitute who is doing eight balls with random dudes who just come to Jack, pick her up. What, but Jack? What about what about the concept? How like? But what about this though? What the? It's a front. Like there isn't. They have a mannequin shop, but she is making her money and paying for it. Like she is a prostitute, and then he is left with this place, and he doesn't know like his way of making things and earning a living is to continue to make and restore mannequins. Like it's so fucked up. And she's like, "Honey, this is how we make money: we restore mannequins." But she's not. She's not like she's actually bringing in the money elsewise. She's not like a Julia Roberts. I won't kiss you on the mouth, prostitute. No, she's like a hold on. Let's duck behind this pillar real quick. Yeah, it's it's a. Hey, I'm gonna bring my seven year old son while I have sex with you on the street under some scaffolding. Go I got nowhere else to put my son. Okay, I got- okay. I have another. I have a. I have a possible fan theory here. So day job mannequin restoration, but. Hobby, you know, something you do after work hours, <laughs> prostitution. Well, don't bring your son to your hobby then. I got so it's so it's too. There's no way to reconcile everything this movie is, and it's it why is, I maybe, he it didn't appear to have a dad in the equation. What was he gonna do? Sit in the mannequin shop? 
Yeah, they couldn't get yeah! a sitter. Or sit in the mannequin shop, which is their home. Uh, do you think there's an alternate history here where, like, one of his babysitters is actually just a mannequin? <laughs> which, I mean, hey, that's an interesting story, too, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, Becky the I, mannequin Jack, just I, watches I, Elijah Jack, Wood. I get, I get you. I get you. And I'm going to parlay that into my primary thing, and which is what this movie, movie does middle. Wow. Mark, you already mentioned this, so it's like kind of stealing my thunder. You had it in what the movie does right. I put it in what the movie does middle, and that's the whole goddamn bag. The entire approach and driving concept behind the movie is the definition of middle because it's so alienating. Like you are, This is a remake of a movie that was fucking banned in a lot of places. It was heralded as a, a video nasty, and heralded as the wrong term to use. And then they banned made in it- Germany- until 2019. This movie was, fu- this movie by the was way. fucking banned in Germany. And then the remake was banned in Germany too. And then they decided to remake it and do it in first person. Like, this movie is the definition of middle. <laughs> like, it is going to be for such a specific crowd that that is so middle, I can't even believe it. Yeah, I'm with you. That's there. all I had. And I, I, like, I agree with Mark, and I appreciate what you said about what it does right. But I think on the whole, I have to put it in what it does middle because, oh my God, look at this thing. <laughs> Yeah, we're we've we've kind of gone. We've we've now said this from many different angles. This movie, I, I like the way you're taking this. This is a movie that is middle because it's it accomplishes its base goal, and its base goal is to be alienating and sickening, and you don't feel comfortable watching it. But yep. it achieves that. So it yep, there succeeds you go. Yeah. at being unwatchable. So I'm actually, listener, I'm, I'm sure you're pulling your hair out at this point, but I'm happy through this repetition that we've arrived on what we needed to arrive on. So you're welcome. We, got know, there, yeah. we can move on to what it does wrong, because that's what I put it does wrong. I hated watching <laughs> it. I hated watching it. And I hate that I watched it. This isn't even one of those that I'm like happy to make it out the other side. This is one that I'd still rather have not watched and just be- I was happier being aware of this movie's existence and what it was vaguely than I was am this having really been that a- was th- in in what sense was it that it didn't have any redeeming qualities or was it that disturbing to you it both so it was very disturbing but obviously we've seen more fucked up gore and we've seen more fucked up individual acts done to people on screen but also, yeah. it didn't doesn't have anything to say. Like it only exists to do those fucked up things, and, so, and it's just this yes, is Mark? this is all all funny, and I completely agree with this take. But also, so I watched this with my lovely wife, and as the movie ended, we like turned off the TV, didn't really say anything. It just like the credits rolled. We were both kind of just like, huh. And then we just kind of went about the rest of our evenings like in dead silence. Uh, you know, we washed the dishes, put the put the leftovers away. I took a shower. We we then retired to our bedroom and we're both just kind of sitting in bed, not <laughs> making eye contact with each other. And then both of us were kind of like, that movie was pretty good. <laughs> it's well made, but like, yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't like, it's, I didn't. Dude, it's good. That's the problem, Jack. It's a good movie and you hate that. I do. It's and a good I've, movie. But I've also I, I want never... to amend that statement. It's a good movie, and I hate it. Yes. It's not that I hate that. It's that I hate it. I've never <laughs> had the experience agree. where I I didn't like watching it, and I'm not happy that I watched it. The, those That combination of things has never happened to me before. Often, I'm both that's happy not, I watched no it. There's no way that's true. End of the Void? I'm not happy I watched that. You... 
exactly. What's the combination so you're, you're that's talking what you're about? Saying. Yeah, restate what your point no, is. No, no, I, I just got very confusing. I got, I got that wrong. I've got that wrong. I've been drinking. I, I, I am. I was absolutely <laughs> not happy watching Enter the Void. I am happy that I watched it because there are experiences you can only get on the visual perspective watching that start to oh finish. Oh my God, you're putting Into the Void above this. So what you're saying is thank no, you. No, this Mark, is a better movie. This is Enter the Void. This is a better movie on almost. Any measurable criteria, but and yet you hate it more, dude. You're a puzzle. You're, you're I know, a human I, puzzle. I'm saying I've never had this experience it, where this I is... don't like watching. I didn't like watching it, and I don't like that I watched it. But it's a good movie. I don't understand it. I hated it, but it's a I, good. That's movie. its soul. That's its purpose. And here's the here's the thing that I neglected to say because whoops at the start. The I think the primary reason why I was interested in watching this above the other Elijah Wood movies that I was considering for this yeah, you got too you got too flustered by your attraction to Elijah Wood. No, as you guys know, I was going to pick an Elijah Wood He's movie no in this draft I mean. because I love Elijah Wood, <laughs> and I'm going. I love the fact that he is a genre fan, and he's just willing to go and make weird shit. Like I love that, and I'll probably continue to fucking pick his movies, and I'm always going to be behind him. And I like this this choice. The fact that this movie exists, that they remade something that was almost universally like deplorable, is an interesting thing in and of itself. Right? Could you like? Could you picture like Matt Damon doing this? No, <laughs> no. no. But then exactly. they they went about it in such a way like what they made this. So here, here I'm finally getting to my point now in the most roundabout way possible. I apologize. This was this is seen in a lot of things that I've like read and just experienced as I've looked for movies that I should put on the list as like one of the better remakes that is out there. And I think without even seeing the first one, now I want to go back and see it. God help me. I think I understand why. Because it is so interesting and specific. Like there's an art to this movie, however despicable and disgusting for it is sure is an art to this movie that, yes, that's like if you're gonna remake something like this you almost have to go to this degree otherwise it's gonna be an abject failure and i totally appreciate what's going on here was not an enjoyable experience to watch hated every minute of it but goddamn, it was a fucking good movie. Like I can appreciate that part, <laughs> and so I don't. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Like my brain is short circuiting. I'm with you. I, it's I'm so surprised. complicated. Yeah, yeah, it's a complex enough movie. It's it's a great pick overall as a movie that we should have watched on this podcast because, as we're getting at right now, it's it defies our normal logical rubric for how to watch a movie. So yeah. for sure. good on you, mate. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Thanks. I, all of that Don't aside, to say. That, it was horrifying. That, that little experiment that I just did led me to now think of how much I want to see a Maniac remake that just features Tom Hanks. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Well, I mean, Jake, you, you've answered, like, we, we've talked about Elijah Wood's love for the genre, and also, but I mean, it's important yeah. to understand the context of here. Like, he was, I mean, the, one of the most famous people in the world when he agreed to do this, like the Lord of the Rings movies, yeah. the biggest yeah. movies at the time were just ending. And then he this was is like one of his earlier forays. So he had experiences, right? Like the faculty was early on and then he had like the Lord of the Rings blow up, like you said. And then after immediately post that, this is one of those initial forays into like what his life now is, which is he is just doing he loves the horror genre. He has Spectre Vision. And he just, just does things that he personally finds interesting, and I fucking it's love that. Amazing. Also, I'll, 
I'll quickly just throw out that the people frequently forget he was in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind back in yep. like whenever the fuck early two thousands, whenever yeah. the hell right. that was. So that he was, was like, I think that was that was either the same year or after uh, the end, whatever the the third one, Lord of the Kings is the Return of the King, <laughs> um, and that is such like that was a hell of a pivot to go from fucking Frodo to the guy who is in the van who is kind of like sitting on top of the persons he's, whose memories are being wiped or whatever. He's like the platonic ideal of what everybody likes to think they'd be if they got really rich and famous immediately. Like, right? I make so much money, and then I just do whatever the fuck I want to do because I'm obscenely rich. Nobody does that except Elijah Wood, right? All the people it, who hit it you're really right. big. You're right, except for the part of that where then the thing that you want to do is exceptionally specific genre films. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of people would be like, I want to make very serious dramas so about here's, drug addiction. Here's, and he's here's like, what nah. it is. Here's <laughs> what it is. At the end of Elijah Wood's career, and I'm confident saying this now because I, I do I do think he's going to continue to have this career, hopefully doing what he's doing now. At the end of Elijah Wood's career, the outlier is the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It seems which like is it. fucking baffling. That guy but- was Frodo. <laughs> But also, like, what allows the rest of his career, right? Like, the the, the comfort that totally that gave it him, gave I'm him sure. it gave him the means to do what he does and take risks. And like, I appreciate the <laughs> shit out of that. I mean, Lord of the Rings, like, they're right there for the two that can see this. Like, the, the, Tolkien, like, that's my shit. But, I, that's and that's like joint, a big yeah. reason yeah, why actually, I love quickly, Elijah Wood. But I love him an, doubly for all the shit that he does in the genre. As an aside, listener, just fun fact for background here, some background flavor. Jake has a near encyclopedic knowledge of all of Tolkien. <laughs> and is unwilling to admit that those Lord of the Rings movies are a boring. They're not boring. <laughs> They're not. You're right. But, I'm unwilling to admit it because it's not true. <laughs> I got it. Actually, the while we're They should while make we're a Silmarillion the- movie. It'd be great. Fuck while off. We're talking- They'd make eight of them. <laughs> That's While one of we're the most talking exciting about Lord of the Rings, ever. that was such a weird confluence of horror stuff because can we all just remember that Peter Jackson, like, what is what yeah. is Peter Jackson's career? I don't know. And then, <laughs> is his going to be the exact same thing? Where Dude, it's you have so these, good. What <laughs> is in it for him? Insane. Here's what I don't understand about Peter Jackson. What is in it for him to continue defending the Hobbit movies? Why does he continue to say those are good movies? <laughs> He doesn't, he shouldn't give a fuck, dude. He just, like, he should not give a fuck. Like, what his career trajectory was, was he made exceptionally specific genre films, (laughs) attracted Elijah Wood, made bangers, and then did whatever the fuck off he wanted. Almost the entirety of New Zealand. This is, this is what I can hope for as a human moving forward in the world. I want Peter Jackson and Elijah Wood to team up again and make. An exceptionally a Peter Jackson and Elijah Wood movie that isn't Lord of the Rings. Make an exceptionally specific <laughs> fucking weird horror movie and then <laughs> plaster that shit all over Hollywood and just be like, Peter Jackson, Elijah Wood, Maniac yeah. 2. You can't ignore this because it's too important for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I would, even, I would die. We haven't yeah. even talked about how Elijah Wood apparently took no money to just do a 45-minute long fight for your right revisited amazing music video with a bunch of awesome comedians. Oh, God. I Dude, I cannot describe you. We're in what yep. the movie does wrong. Let's talk Yeah, about and that's what this movie does wrong. <laughs> um, I mean, I, we've, we've discussed it, man. It is, it's, it's, it is itself. I, I have one that I think will gently transition us into the next category, unless you guys have anything that this movie does hard wrong. I talked about the hard wrongs. Okay. 
I want to mention real quick before we get into the nitpick station that this movie has a very tumultuous relationship with mirrors. Uh, mostly, I mean, mirrors yeah, in general your, in any psychological-based horror movie have like a very specific metaphor to them. But specifically what I'm talking about here is in a first-person movie, if you look at a mirror at a 45-degree angle and you see yourself, then what the fuck are we talking Mark, about? What's going on? There is some note. physics bending bullshit. But okay. from a technical perspective, they had to get the mirror angle so precise to not show the camera or the boom and stuff, but like to still show Elijah Wood. So it's Oh, I recognize why they're doing it and that there is a technical limitation there. But it hits but you. I, I also, fully agree. It hits you if, very strangely. Yeah, it is straight up immersion breaking because if you're setting this world in a if you're setting yourself in this world where you are seeing everything through the through the eyes of this person, that has to work. You can't accept the technical limitations. You have to do shit like they did in uh, Contact, where you're seeing an entire scene through a mirror, and yeah. then they just have to digitally remove the boom and camera and all that shit. I agree with you. I fully. I had this as a nitpick too. So I I do think that is it, it's it's on the boundary line i had it in does wrong because i do think it is like sufficiently enough immersion breaking within the world of seeing through the like you're making that choice to shoot from a first person perspective like make sure your shots are doable from that perspective in order to make it work absolutely and that's going to take us to nitpick station (laughs) (laughs) hey you know what wouldn't work to attach to affix wigs to a mannequin that's made of like staple gun paper mach- a fucking staple gun they need so much pressure you'd collapse the they sh- and it wouldn't it would be so much it wouldn't be as bad if they didn't show you the exact process he uses to make the heads of the mannequins which is right. collapse under the weight of a staple gun yeah, it's a very delicate pl- process and he's just like yeah let me crush you with a sledgehammer chunk except for these ones that are made of oak I mean, I don't know. They could be styrofoam. I feel like I feel like mannequins might be styrofoam. Made of styrofoam. I still I don't think you could push. And then you need a then you need like an an air you need a, an air compressor attached staple gun because the kind of pressure if you're pushing into styrofoam you're gonna hit. Uh, Dude, don't, staple yeah. gun, staple gun. Can, I think it's technically. Would, I think it might technically be a saddle stitch. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you've surpassed you've surpassed my knowledge. I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid. The the uh, saddle saddle stitches are those staples that are like extra long. They're supposed to go into saddles. They're still staples. They go through though. the leather. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Yeah. Still okay. need a lot of pressure to uh, to fix it. I would think so. Yeah, but I I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, if it's pneumatic powered, that's fine. But his was clearly spring powered. His so is not, not pneumatically powered, dude. Yeah, I'm saying. Uh, hey, when we're we talked about the aerial the 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 aerial silks dancer a lot. Where the fuck did he yeah. park his car when he followed her into the subway? I'm pretty sure you can't just, like, he was following her in his car on the street, and then the next scene, it cuts to him following her in the subway. I'm pretty sure you can't just, like, in the find junkyard. a parking space in L.A. on a well, moment's fucking notice. So, glad you brought this up, because there's a lot of nitpicks around there. In that scene, they go from him parking his car, I guess. I didn't really even notice that, but sure. No, they never so show find, him parking his car. He finds a parking spot, runs downstairs, gets on a train that has people on it. Then they get off at a like well-lit subway station that has literally zero people in zero. it. Zero. And it zero only access to a it. fucking junkyard? 
It, it, and then there's they go through a <laughs> very well lit street, like a large street that has stoplights and shit on it. Zero people. They cut through an alley. Bad decision on her part. And then they go into a car park. Also has completely zero people in it. Where I I don't know what she's planning on doing there, but like I, that was one of the things where in I was just LA. Like, set it's this in downtown L.A. Possible at yeah. like 11 p.m. and you're gonna go through like these huge areas and there isn't gonna be a single human beings anywhere. Yeah, where what? where are what? they? Where are they? It's impossible. You're right. Junkyard was mis-selling it a little bit. It was it was more. It's normal. a car park. It was more normal it, than that. There should be more lot. people. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a place where like people park their cars to leave yeah, for the for, day for long it's periods a, of a, time. It's a park and ride. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And she brought herself there. Whoops! But couldn't get out. I don't. <laughs> the, I don't the biggest it. the biggest sin of that scene is that there isn't even like zero people. There is there isn't even like a meter maid or whatever you'd call them that you can talk to in the Los Angeles subway yep. system. Like you, yep. there isn't a person like policing the, the absolutely crazy. Yeah, and those exist one hundred percent. Those <laughs> yeah. exist one hundred percent of the time. It's baffling. 100%. It's baffling. Yeah. Um, it was that scene. A- that scene was sufficient to that I started to think: Are they going to pull this car to the end where this was all in his head? And he's completely. I see. He's completely see. fabricating all of these. I'm uh, with you. Things. I'm with you there, Mark. I'm with you there. Yeah, they didn't, how about, obviously. But. How about a quick neat pick? Mark, question for you. How did you feel about the Goodbye Horses cameo? I had that on the top. What is it with Goodbye Horses and creepy <laughs> sexually charged horror scenes? I think this I was fucking probably loved it. That song's awesome. I think this was just an homage. I think that's what it was. I, I mean, yeah? I don't... Is it... How is it... Is it an homage, or is it just like we used the same song from a famous other movie? I think it. I I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. For but the listener who might not be horses. as ingratiated into this indie music as you, we are, uh, this is this is the what the Q Lazarus song we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that's not. It's the on. song. It's the song that Wild Bill plays uh, in um, the famous silen- scene. Silence of the Lambs when he's dancing around in yeah. the in his robe or whatever. Would you it's a pretty good song. Me? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Goodbye, horses. I mean, it's a really good song. I like that, that sounds song. Great song. okay. So, great listener, song. that sounds nothing like the song. But every time, <laughs> now every time I listen to this song, it's just going to conjure up these weird memories of incredibly disturbing horror movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, dude, how would you feel? How how does what the fuck did that song turn into, man? That is <laughs> right, such it, a weird. It got thing. away from him. It's it certainly got away from well, the. It's, <laughs> I assume it's kind of just the Silence of the Lambs' fault, right? Because, like, you use it once, and then it's like you want to pay homage to the use of that song. That's what I'm saying. Is like, there's no way, like, one time, and that was enough, man. That fucking <laughs> scene in Silence of the Lambs, oh, my God. But then this time, too, it's just too much. Yeah. I was shocked. Hey, was shocked. this time, uh, the, the, they use it this time. It's actually, like, kind of, I mean... Maybe they are doing sexy. it as an homage to make it more creepy than that actually than that scene actually is because she puts it on for like sexy time. She's like, "Yeah, yeah we're about to get just, it on." It's just kind of vibing song. out. They're kind of vibing out, but you know that it's about to get bad because you know yeah, what his you put on, is. and then you're like, "Oh, this was the song from Silence of the Lambs." Fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, this look, this movie also another knee pick would be Cabinet Doctor Caligari. That's what I was just about see. to say. Yeah, so like they they know what they're doing and they do it very selectively. I think it works well. Yeah. Uh, here's here's a nitpick, though, for you. I was going to bring up the Captain Dr. Calgary. I like that we got there. The The character of Anna, it's I, I can't understand a world where she's 
as nicely as she's Jesus as nice Christ. as she is portrayed. She's she such a sweet exist. woman, right? But then she's so broken up about the killing of an absolute asshole in her mentor, like one of the worst people I've ever seen. When and and that's including Elijah Wood being on screen. Like I don't, she should not be upset at the killing of her asshole mentor well She's, i mean it's still i mean be that's sho- not it still a good has to be shocking. i disagree with that almost it still completely. has to be shocking like it can, a it can be shocking but that's effectively uh, uh what's the what's the okay can i Goodbye. let me say something hold, hold on let me say something <laughs> no, the sequence the sequence of this film with the art show was a little bit weird maybe it should have been mentioned earlier because you bring in both her boyfriend and then her mentor or her agent or whatever the fuck that woman was it's, yeah it's not a mentor and why do we keep saying mentor not it's a her mentor. agent right it's yeah it's just her, her and, booking agent and and like neither of them are really given much at if, if any character development yet like they're kind of impactful in terms of the movie because, like, he goes off and kills her, and it's the a huge inciting incident. Incident, and then the boyfriend is just kind of there to like prove a point of his meekness. I, it's it's yeah, he's a like bizarre. Both he's like, and dude, the, the boyfriend definitely reads like some red pill bullshit. Because yeah. he's a homophobic piece of fucking trash. Like, I, I hate them both so much that I can't imagine somebody I, that, like, sweet and kind is upset about their death. Right. So, so anyway, actually, I, I do doesn't think exist that, in nature. Well, I think that is, I think that's kind of one of the points that the movie's getting across yeah. here with Anna's character is that she's so naive that she's so naive and, like, pure that she's easy to be taken advantage of because she's also smoking hot. And so she has, like, this boyfriend who is a total alpha dickhead, but I'm sure treats her relatively well, but she doesn't have like the street smarts, I guess, for lack of a better term, to kind of see through his bullshit. And then I'm also she And then within the dialogue of the movie, she says that she just moved out to LA from New York or whatever. So she moves out here and she gets connected with this booking agent that does get her this gig or whatever. But then the booking agent is also a shithead. And the one of the first people she fucking meets is 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 Elijah Wood's character, who's like literally a goddamn maniac, who's just a serial killer. So, in a, in a certain way, I think that's kind of what this movie is doing: is it's spinning this tale of like this purely good but naive person who is so easily taken advantage of. And the weird thing about it is that we just don't see the world from her perspective; we see yeah. the world from a from the perspective of her killer. But I, but I also think a part of it is that we have an unreliable narrator situation, right? Where there there probably isn't also a true. person who is that innocent and naive and exists in that. It's just how he perceives her. So, right. It's it's interesting how much the fact that we see the world through the eyes of what's his name Frank. I, I keep wanting to call him Kevin because yeah. of Sin City. His name's but Frank. But we see the eyes through the world of Frank, and that flavors things so so strangely that it's it's hard to reconcile this character that I think actually does sort of make sense if it's probably slightly thematically exaggerated to make a few points. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, hey, uh, Frank, Elijah Wood, says hair's the only thing that lasts forever. Hair absolutely no, doesn't last forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's simply it's, a yeah, lie. It's, it's already dead skin cells. It's just keratin. It rots within some time. Also, I mean, mummies are a very, very famous thing humanity has discovered, and there's no hair on mum or like a one single strand of hair. It's not the hair of the mummy with which the mummy was buried. Well, that's sort of a bad, bad take because, like, not necessarily Egyptian mummies, but like natural mummies, like the people who fell into tar pits or 
whatever bogs. landslides or something like that. Yeah, bogs. They actually do get preserved with most of their hair. But also most of their skin. That's just there's no well, air right, right. can get through. Wait, that's what I'm saying. Is like why would you why would you say mummies, which are the things that we specifically preserve? Because we preserve things like that. We preserve mummies preserved. such that the <laughs> Egypt. I, I guess I was thinking specifically of Egyptian mummies, but also mummies that are preserved are preserved with their hair exposed to at least some amount of the elements, and it always disintegrates into nothingness. I'm just saying you don't have to say like we've discovered mummies because you could just say like we've also just discovered skeletons and. Ske- Skeletons don't have, hair. don't have hair. They're way yeah. more common. So, so is it a bad take or is it an incomplete take or is it a weirdly specific take? I wasn't allowed cha- to finish a, my no, thought. Here's, it's a changeling <laughs> take in the sense that it is overly complicated. There, fine. That's fine. Uh, I got a neat pick for you. They use this for like one scene, and I thought it was fucking brilliant. They have a little boy mannequin in the that they zoom yeah. in on for like one scene that looks yeah. like little Frank. And yeah. that's a good move on their it's part. Amazing. That is it's so really fucking cool. creepy. It's really cool. Uh, my last, that's a really cool nitpick. Yeah, I loved it. My last nitpick comes from the fact that during the last few scenes when Elijah Wood is uh, imagining in his mind that he's being ripped apart by these the apparitions of these women, they do such a fucking good job showing the skin oh, wait, being oh, ripped away from his eye. Oh yeah, dude. the The face removal scene is clutch. But, the end. But oh being, my god, the end being, is so he's good. Being, he's being pulled apart by his phantom bride. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's not a part of it. It's the rest of them. But uh, regardless, uh, brides. <laughs> they're they're ripping, and they show you such detail, and it's so excruciating. Of you wonder what's going right, to happen to, and then it turns into a man getting ripped off. But 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 before that. It shows it getting ripped off, and then it cuts, and his eye is back, and they show it getting ripped off a second time. And for as much care and precision that they put into making that effect look as amazing as it does, don't show me the same eye getting ripped off twice. You already the effect is so good, you fucked it up. They ruined that it. That is kind of a weird that's a weird scene on the whole, man. Yeah. I mean, it it's it's certainly like a departure from what the rest of the movie is, but I think at that point, since you are actively in, you know you're in his dreamscape. I feel like you're kind of they're allowed a few creative licenses. But it's so at that point. effective. I mean, there's a few scenes that are like just genuinely viscerally affecting. It's like that one, the Achilles tendon one, and one of the ones where he. Rips I was still, I was still kind of shocked at the amount of gore in that scene. It's wild. I am yeah. still kind of shocked by this movie as a whole. Oh yeah, me, me every too. everything it does. I'm ready really to go to ratings. I'm ready to go to ratings. I did not yeah, know what I, I was getting are. into. We over at ADC Horror use a one through ten rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate Moira's ability to say Herb Ertlinger. You'll remember the experience, and you'll remember the name Herb Irving. Bert Herngeif. Irv Herblinger. Bing Livehanger. Livelink. Bert Herkern. And for 10, think about Philbert, how much he needs sweets. Are you insane? I need sweets. Licorice whips and bubblegum. Caramel popcorn and wax lips. Ugh. Get out of my way. Stories, the first guy we're treat these movies. Uh, Jake, this was your pick. Rate the thing for story. Yeah. Kind of tough. Uh, it's simple. It's also a remake. And it's also basically May, but 
with a dude. We haven't talked about and May also in this horrible. episode. That surprises me. Uh, May has like way more yeah. interesting wrinkles in it than this does. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, sort of. It's kind of like May. I it's gave like- this a five. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a four. Uh, I mean, it doesn't do like a whole lot in the story yeah. department. It is a pretty simplistic. It story, is a lot it, like May, though. We didn't talk about that it, at all. <laughs> yes, it's less complicated than May, but it is essentially May. That's Mark. fine. That's okay. I also, I also gave it a five. I don't really have much else to add here. The parts of the story that it is trying to be like, why? Whoa, wiving, woving, weaving, weaving, woven, wowzers, bowsers, weaving. <laughs> Weaving into the background <laughs> of like his origin story and how he came to be a maniac are some of the most ham-fisted, stupid things that like don't actually make sense in the real world. Whatever. It's. I mean, you're not watching this for story. Let's just wiving into the vibe ground. Yeah. To be Ooh. clear, May is like Ma- May is like maniac, and then maniac is like May. Yes. That- did not clarify anything. It you did. Didn't, that didn't make your point any more clear. No, it did. Trust me, it did. Oh, okay. Listener, <laughs> let us know if that did. It absolutely didn't. Jake, what is your world-building and immersion score, which is our second category? This is going to be a super polarizing category for this movie in particular because of the way in which it's presented to you. I personally found it to be immersive. I also found You Are Not Alone, that 4th of July first-person one to be immersive, but I understand that's not for everyone. For me... Seven and a half. I thought this was immersive. That's Although very I would totally understand. I would also understand like a two and a half. Yeah, it, it is a three for me. Um, yeah, I get that. And it's a three for I me. Get, for I get that, though. Couple of, yeah, and it's just because I'm looking at it both from a world building and from an immersion perspective. I The first person stuff isn't what gets me, though. The problem with it is if, I, if they want me to buy into this story, then they need to reconcile the shit about the prostitute versus the family run that's mannequin not that, that's like a reconstruction thing. stuff. That can't be all of it. Then there's the stuff about the first person stuff, but looking at the mirrors is a bad so like that's they don't, also nitpick they level. don't build a world they don't really have it's not immersive to me. It's also hugely just upsetting the entire time, so it's hard to like really be immersed in it for me. It's a three. It's not I can be immersed in my level of upset. I, I mean, and I look if that's what we're talking about. I was very immersed in my level of upset, which was high. Well, the three seems low to me. I I, <laughs> I don't know. Man, you, I like that you preface this with I would understand anyone going as low as two and a half, and then he goes higher <laughs> than a two and a half, and you're like, I don't understand. I don't get. No, this. I I would I I would, but if it's like I viscerally cannot stand the first person viewpoint, that doesn't seem to be what he's saying. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I, I the first person exactly. viewpoint I found immersive. It's so the rest of the movie. I don't I understand the low score. I don't agree. It's the it's okay. the objective parts that don't make sense of this yeah, movie. Yeah, but the then parts then that everything you've said, see. everything you said that made it so low, it's are nitpicks. That's garbage. Okay, Mark, what's it's yours? a okay. It is a tremendous series of nitpicks that make it poor. It's a three, Mark. Oh my god! I gave it a six. I'm definitely closer to Jake than I am to Jack. This is an inherently very immersive movie purely because of the power of the first-person perspective. However, to that end, there are a few things that are quite jarring. To, I, You can call them a nitpick if you want, but I consider the scenes where you're like looking at yourself in a mirror at a 45-degree angle to be pretty jarring. And beyond that, the thing that we touched on lightly, but honestly broke my immersion more than almost anything else in this movie, are the things like him sneaking through an apartment 
literally inches from someone and they can't tell that he's there until he sort of like announces himself. Him chasing a screaming women through the subways of LA with nobody around. And that, and that one as well. Like there are points in this movie where you're just like, I, I literally started kind of like writing a second set of notes for if this movie was going to go down the route of this was all just in his head because that at all throughout a lot of this movie made the most logical sense. And then ended up all just being reality. Yeah. Sort of. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. Uh, At least they don't they don't really tip their hand to say that anything other than these events occurred. So, I mean, at that point, like you're not presented with a realistic thing that you're watching, but the thing you are watching, like just by purely by virtue of seeing the world through Elijah Wood's eyes is immersive. And that's going to take us into scare factor. Jake, what's your scare factor score? I gave it a six and a half. Uh, This movie felt extremely just, I I don't know. I I left this movie feeling extremely disgusting. It was, it was more of a visceral experience than I was anticipating. And I think you get a little bit of that going into a movie where you see Elijah Wood on the bill. Uh, I don't know that you should. It's fucking Frodo, but he's also a lot of other things at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, more other things, but, uh, <laughs> and which are which are probably more apt, and that's a good. I think that's a good thing, honestly. But it, this was this is a disgusting, revolting movie. It intends to be, and I think it nails it. So it was it was. It's not going to reach out and like grab you with jump scares or anything like that. But it is viscerally icky. Yeah, I gave it an eight for Scare Factor. I I haven't yeah, felt this high, disturbed dude. by a movie in like a really really long time. And you add to that really effective scenes of just gore of, but not like gore gore, just like the, of the Achilles tendon. And it's not just the that he cuts the Achilles tendon; it's that then her ankle it rolls like, and cracks on top of that. It's the Achilles uh, tendon one was the worst, dude. <laughs> oh, and then with and then how much detail they put into peeling off Elijah Wood's face at the end of it. So there's like I feel tremendously uncomfortable watching this. It's horrible subject matter that is really distressing. And then they add really effective gore, cringy gore to it. Fuck, this is an eight. This is way the fuck up there, Mark. Uh yeah, I, we're all kind of in lockstep on this one. This is a seven. It's. This is a disturbing movie. I think you fucking nailed it with that. And moreover, this is one where, like, if you were to accidentally see this at too young of an age, oh, like, God. coming from someone who watched Event Horizon at too young of an age, I'm really glad I didn't see this one at too young of an age. This, <laughs> this is, would have fucked this me is, up so oh, hard. This is, a, this is a mature only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is one of the ones that probably should be kept behind, like, the beaded curtain. As much as I think that it's horseshit that media can, like, affect what kids want to do, I also think that a kid who watches this is going to have some real fucked up shit in their head. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Um... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I might have some real fucked up shit in my head yeah, now. who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> Jesus. That's going to take <laughs> us into effects Yikes. or judicious lack thereof. Jake. I gave it a seven and a half. Uh, I'm going to go with audio first. I usually go with visual first. I'm going to go with audio first. We've talked about the soundtrack here. It's essential to this movie. Rob fucking nailed it, Rob. Good job. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> also, I th- I personally thought that they did, for a movie that the ADR is, is as essential for as it is for this movie, for the most part, I think it did what it needed to do and sounded good. Mark mentioned a couple times where it sounded like they were on a soundstage. Yeah, I, I guess, but 
honestly, I think this movie sounded pretty good. And then visually, we just kind of touched on in the Scare Factor score, too. This movie is visceral, and there are several scenes that we've already highlighted that hit you, and they hit you hard. It It's a pretty good-looking movie. It does what it needs to do. Yeah, look, I gave it an 8 for all the same reasons. Plus, I think I'm giving it a little bit of credit for, like, how hard I've now learned it was to do this first-person thing with a camera of that quality at the time. Like, that's that's all really cool stuff. We talked about it early on. This is a super technical movie. They got the technical aspects right. And I also rewatched those end scenes with peeling Elijah Wood's face off. And there has to be CG in there, but I can't pinpoint. Like, those look unbelievably good. I've never seen a face peeling off scene look that good or anything peeling off. That looks fucking fantastic. It's an 8 for me. Mark? I gave it a six and a half, but we're all kind of in lockstep. I, I don't really have much to add here. I think the only reason I'm a little bit lower than you is I, I the only the only the only reason I can provide here is degree of difficulty, I guess. But you did also just talk about the the mask pulling off thing on Elijah Wood, which did look incredible at that point. Um, other than that, this movie is mostly just sort of like blood effects and didn't kind of your standard slasher fair they don't really do all that much else except for they do have they have great props with the mannequins and a great soundtrack obviously which factors into effects but i mean whatever we're all basically on the same side it's favorable good effects movie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. it's gonna take us into overall jake what's your overall score and who the, how the fuck are you supposed to do this yeah i mean honestly, i gave it an x <laughs> I gave it an X. Uh, no, I, I gave this movie a seven. This is this is an objectively good movie, and I think that it's interesting in the sense that what I mentioned earlier was I picked this one at least in part because I heard it is like one of the better remakes. I, we unpacked it a little bit. It's a better. It's one of the better remakes, but we're also remaking what was thought of as a video nasty, and we kind of know what that is. We could dive into it at some point if we feel the urge to, but. <laughs> You get this as a result. It's a good movie, and I will say more in the next little subsegment. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I give it a six overall. I think it is. It's a very well made movie. I I'm dinging it a huge amount for just how messy the actual like combination of of how he comes to exist in this world with having such a troubled mother maybe some of that's explained by an unreliable narrator but then it's also just problematic from a continuity perspective later on so i'm giving it a six it's a really good movie well made but but it certainly has its faults and then it's hard to watch mark i'm giving it a frowny face (laughs) (laughs) um i actually did give it a six uh, I, I don't have anything else to add here. I, we've pontificated on it enough at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie, but to transition directly into our next segment, <laughs> thumbs down. Yeah, so now let's pontificate <laughs> more. Mark gives it a thumbs down. It's a very hard thumbs down from me. <laughs> I wish I want to give this, I want to give this a thumbs down to pass to Jack. I, the funny thing is, there are a few people, the, the, honestly, the folks that I talk to most about horror movies, I will end up recommending this to because it is a pretty <laughs> incredible piece of art. But for the rest of everyone on in the world forever, it's a thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just happier knowing that this existed and assuming what it was. I was happier in that state. <laughs> Jake's laughing too hard to talk. Yeah, but Jake, can you compose yourself Jake, for a moment? For a second. You know what sucks <laughs> about Jake's actually... laugh? He's also not doing it on mic at all, so it's not even good audio. It's entirely off mic. <laughs> I was laughing silently, don't worry. <laughs> so is this um, a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I don't even know what to say like about 
picking this one. I, I'm like simultaneously so happy that I got such a result because I don't feel like we've ever had this this particular discussion. <laughs> this was an unprecedented like almost experience. Two, in me. almost 200 episodes, we found one that is this particular brand of wah. Uh, but then at the same time, I'm left with a big thumbs down. I don't know who I can recommend this shit to, man. This yeah. is such a did you watch? Fucking... This, did you watch this with your lovely uh, fiance? Oh no, 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 no! I watched this <laughs> this morning. I watched this oh, this God. morning a before she was awake. You. This was a Saturday morning 7 a.m. watch for oh me. Holy God. fuck! Yikes! I bet that was like, a right lovely after, day for right you. Right after, right after Transformers ended. With my between cup Transformers of and Pokemon, I popped this one. On. I made I made my nice cup of coffee and just got eviscerated <laughs> it was Jesus a whole day changer for Christ. me boys um yeah that'll set love the day it. off on a tone <laughs> it'll it set a tone let me tell you um can't recommend it to pretty much anyone i know <laughs> thumbs down <laughs> however it's a good movie all right i think it's about time to get the fuck out of here huh <laughs> there's nothing else to do absolutely Jack. dude this has been episode 187 of the a to z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to a to zhorror.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels. Those are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All those links are right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you're still here hanging out with us and you like what we have going on, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. For at least the next three months, that money, it's going to Feeding America. Uh, and you know what? That's a win-win right you can see your money going to the right place right now and you get the extra perks of being a patreon member as always the music is coming at you from super bear there are links down there in the description below as well and next week we are going to be coming at you with a, just a little bit of a change of pace it's not going to be so high tension if you know what i mean we're going to check out Hello. grave encounters and that's coming at you roughly one week from today until then get your buddies grab some beers and go watch some more movies have a great week, everybody. Jake was, like, dancing around like his fucking team just won the world sports thing.